0: Visit CARP.ca.
2: Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review. All things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Zneimer. It's a shocking statistic. One in every two Canadians will get cancer in their lifetime. We'll do a deep dive into the Canadian Cancer Society's annual report to see what that number means. And... Just in time for summer, two grilling gurus are out with a new cookbook. We'll talk about the food and the life-changing event that sent them from the restaurant to the road. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. There might be new hope for those suffering from age-related macular degeneration, the leading cause of vision loss in zoomers. An experimental drug called lampalizumab aims to slow the destruction of light-sensing cells in the retina. In a small study, researchers found it worked for those who carried a genetic flaw already known to increase the risk of getting macular degeneration in the first place. The results mean there will be large-scale studies starting next year. It could be a case of life-imitating art. In the United States, women have been protesting anti-abortion bills by turning up at state legislatures in Texas, Ohio, Missouri, and Tennessee, dressed as characters from Margaret Atwood's dystopian novel A Handmaid's Tale. They showed up wearing red capes and white bonnets, similar to those worn in the new hit television series based on the 1985 novel in which women are forced to have sex and give birth to babies for the ruling class. New research from Oxford University says frequent sex appears to be linked to higher cognitive function in seniors. The researchers found that regular sexual activity translated into better verbal fluency, greater ability to visually perceive objects, and better judgment regarding spaces between objects. The subjects were aged between 50 and 83 years old. Veteran Academy Award-winning actor Daniel Day-Lewis has decided he wants out of acting. He has won three Oscars, including one for his role as U.S. President Abraham Lincoln.
0: Blood's been spilled to afford us this moment. Now, now, now. And you grousel and heckle and dodge about like petty Tammany Hall hucksters. See what is before you. See the here and now. That's the hardest thing his
2: final movie will be phantom thread which will be released in theaters on christmas day and veteran zoomer crooner tony bennett has been named this year's winner of the gershwin prize for popular
0: song i left my heart in san francisco
2: The U.S. Library of Congress honored the 90-year-old with the Lifetime Achievement Award, which was created to celebrate singers and songwriters who entertain, inform, and inspire. Bennett has been a fixture on the pop charts for seven decades, and he is one of the immortals here on Zoomer Radio. I'm Libby Zneimer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. The numbers are scary. 50% of Canadians will be diagnosed with cancer at some time in their lives, and one in four will die of some form of the disease. Those are the latest numbers from the Canadian Cancer Society, but the news is not all bad. I sat down with epidemiologist and study author Dr. Leah Smith.
3: The big news coming out of this year's report is that nearly half of us are expected to be diagnosed with cancer at some point during our lifetime. That's a pretty staggering statistic. Um, It hits home for a lot of people. Um, So I really think it's important to think of that number in in context. Um, A lot of people are asking, why is this number so high? And and part of the reason the number is so high is that um, Canadians are living longer and we know that cancer risk increases with age. That's right. I mean, it's part of a good news story that
2: we're living longer and we're getting cancer because something else doesn't kill us first.
3: Well, and the, and the second thing to remember is that um, more and more people are surviving their cancer diagnosis. We've made such amazing progress with cancer that survival rates have increased a lot over time.
2: But that's very much a tale of different cancers. You have some of the most common ones on the one hand uh, that have survival rates that's a 5 year survival rate over 95% prostate cancer testicular cancer thyroid cancer 98% and yet at the other end of the spectrum you have pancreatic cancer which is
3: still in the single digits 8% that's right so Overall, we estimate that about um, 60% of people diagnosed with cancer will survive their diagnosis um, or survive at least five years past their diagnosis. But as you said, that 60% is is a, an average of all the cancers combined, and there's quite a big range in survival rates across cancers. Um, you pointed out pancreatic cancer, which has the lowest survival rate of the 20-plus major cancers in Canada. And, and everywhere else. And, and everywhere else. You're right. It's not just an issue or a challenge we're facing in Canada, it's around the world. And so for that reason, we decided to focus on pancreatic cancer as our special topic in this year's Canadian Cancer Statistics Report.
2: Well, our, our listeners know that is a subject that is very near and dear to me. I'm one of very few survivors of pancreatic cancer. It'll be nine years in July. Yay, congratulations. Yay, yes. <laughs> that's a long time for pancreatic cancer. And it seems, I mean, there have been advances. More people are living longer but overall, if you're diagnosed with that, your chances aren't a lot better now than they were 30, 40 years ago.
3: That's right. So pancreatic cancer survival rates are about 8% right now. And as you mentioned, they haven't shifted a lot over time. So in recent years, we have seen progress in the way we're, we're treating pancreatic cancer. Um, and these have added months uh, to, the, to the lives of some of those patients affected with pancreatic cancer. And that might not sound like a whole lot of time, months in the context of, of your life, but when about 50% of pancreatic cancer patients um, don't survive even four months past their diagnosis, you can imagine that every month counts and every little bit of progress counts. Uh, we've seen very little progress overall, Um, in treating this disease. And as a result of that, we actually expect pancreatic cancer to become the third leading cause of cancer death in the very near future. I think that's a statistic that surprises a lot of people because we don't hear about pancreatic cancer as much as we hear about the other. If they listen to me, they do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So right now, by incidence, it's the 12th most common cancer, but it's the fourth leading cause of death. It's deep in the body, so it's usually really, really advanced by the time it's diagnosed.
3: We found that more than half of pancreatic cancers aren't diagnosed until after they have spread to other parts of the body.
2: And there's been some research that shows, uh, it's kind of a big bang theory, uh, that at least some pancreatic cancer, uh, it kind of explodes. It's, it spreads almost at the same time that it starts. Uh, there really has to be more work done on that, but that's part of the problem. I know that there's a hard shell around the tumor called stroma that makes it very hard for chemotherapy to penetrate.
3: Unfortunately, even early-stage pancreatic cancer can be very challenging to treat because, as you said, it's relatively resistant. And it, it tends to recur. That's right. Another major challenge with pancreatic cancer is that we don't know a lot about how to prevent it. If we could prevent this disease, it could really help us make progress with it. Uh, in this report, actually, we show that about 17% of pancreatic cancers are linked with smoking, another seven eight percent with overweight obesity. But the majority of pancreatic cancers are not linked with a preventable cause. So prevention opportunities are limited with pancreatic cancer. Well, well,
2: exactly. Uh, let's talk about prevention a bit because you
3: did highlight
2: which cancers have preventable, modifiable risks. Of course, the the top one being lung cancer because... 85% are caused by smoking, and lung cancer, of course, is the biggest cause of death from cancer.
3: We've learned a lot about what to do um, to help prevent lung cancer, and we've seen enormous progress um, as a result of tobacco control and decreases in smoking rates in Canada. So a Particularly among males, we've seen a dramatic decrease in both lung cancer incidence and lo- lung cancer mortality over time. And we're starting to see those, um, those improvements in women as well. Yeah, because women
2: are, they were later to start smoking and later to stop smoking.
3: Exactly. Um, so we're only now starting to see lung cancer incidence and mortality r- rates have stopped increasing in women. And hopefully we see them start to decrease very soon. What are the other cancers that are preventable? Overall, we we know that about 50% of cancers can be prevented through healthy living um, and through policies that help protect Canadians against cancer risk factors. Uh, Tobacco is, of course, a major risk factor for for cancers. Um, Tobacco and smoking are linked with about 16 different types of cancer. And diet? Absolutely. And healthy weight? Absolutely. So there's a lot Canadians could do to help protect themselves against cancer. What would you like people to take away from these statistics? Um, I think some of the numbers in this publication can be very scary. I think people are hearing the the new statistic that nearly one in two Canadians will develop cancer at some point during their lifetime. I think the important thing to remember is is there's a lot we can do to help protect ourselves against cancer. Um, And also, every day we're making progress with the way that we prevent, detect, and treat cancer. So we have to keep that momentum going. We have to keep funding research, um, and we'll continue to see this progress.
2: Okay, Dr. Leah Smith, thank you. Great, thanks for having me. That was Dr. Leah Smith, an epidemiologist at the Canadian Cancer Society. I'm Libby Zneimer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. When we return, you'll hear the story of two cookbook authors and how the death of a business partner and friend changed their lives.
0: You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca.
2: They were chefs working in southwestern Ontario when a major tragedy made them close up shop and take to the road. I got a lot more than recipes when Phyllis Hins and Lamont McKay joined me to talk
4: about their new book, On the road with the cooking ladies, let's get grilling. We traveled together in Europe years ago in a Volkswagen van, came back to Canada and decided we wanted to get into the restaurant business, which we did in the Kitchener-Waterloo-St. Jacob's area. And we did a spin-off, actually, from the restaurant there to a catering company, and we did that for almost 20-plus years. Hey, Phil. That's right. And Lamont used to be a high school teacher. I have to take you back a little bit farther. And one of her students came. And worked with us, and we made her a partner, and we called it, it trios, and we actually had five restaurants all together over over the over 20 years, but uh, she died suddenly of an asthma attack, and we were so devastated and so sad, and and we said we've been working seven days a week, and we need to stop this because life is short. So what we did was we said let's just sell everything. You know, some people will, you know. T- take their lives, you know, say, calm it down a bit. But we just sold everything. We sold our houses. We sold our businesses. We sold all our stuff. We bought this 40-foot motorhome, and we just turned the key, and we headed off down the roads of North America for nine years. And we actually pulled a car behind that 40-footer, so we were 60 feet long, and we just literally went anywhere and everywhere, always asking people what's down the road, what's the weather ahead, what should we do? And so then what happened was we, you know, life pulls you back. And so we thought, well, maybe we should write a cookbook because we have all these, all this experience in the restaurant business and we have all this travel experience. And we started writing for an RV magazine that goes across Canada, RV Lifestyle. And so we said, why don't we do a cookbook that has travel stories And recipes. So we did that. And it was called Recipes from the Road. And so that was many, many years ago. (laughs) And so we did that. And then we got uh, a contract with home hardware stores for two years. that We we were their kitchen experts. And we wrote another um, eight books for them. So we have a new one now. It's our ninth book. Usually, barbecuing, grilling is a guy thing. That's right. Yeah. That's that, I'm excited about this because right on the cover of the new book, there's a picture of the two of us doing the grilling and the smoking, and women can be doing this and really enjoying it. Yeah, because it's it's called On the Road with the Cooking Days. Let's get grilling. So it has all the stories of our travels in it, and plus you know our recipes that we created. And wonderful photographs. Yeah, really, I, photos on I, every yeah. page.
2: Back to the grilling. It can be a little uh, tricky to. Kind of figure out, uh, you know, when things are done and something mm-hmm.
4: like that. What, what, like, a basic tip for just knowing when it's done? Instant read thermometer. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't trust anything else. Because in, in the book, what we did was we, we told temperature guides for different meats.
2: Okay. Smoking. So first of all, it used to be, I mean, the last time I looked, it was uh, something called an egg and it was over $1,000. Are are there economical smokers that are practical for people to get, or do you just kind of smoke on
4: the barbecue? You can. Uh, In the book, what we say is uh, how you can change your regular barbecue grill into a smoker. So not everyone has a smoker. Uh, We think everyone should have one because it's the best way to to grill is the best way to, to cook food because you can put it on a smoker and you can go have fun. I mean, you, your guests come, you can have fun, the smoker does the work and you take it off. And that element of flavor just takes yeah. it, really takes it to another yeah. dimension. And if you if you do it on, on a regular grill, you have to watch it because no yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. have to be there mm-hmm. with your instant read thermometer.
2: So what do you mostly grill? Is it mostly fish, meat?
4: Yeah. Oh, or- yeah. And vegetables. Yes. Uh, we did... Uh, we did bologna. Uh, oysters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oysters <laughs> yeah. Wow. We did... Uh, yeah, we... So... And desserts. We made pie on a grill. It's wonderful yeah. doing um, a squash and then having a smoked squash in your soup. It's just amazing mm-hmm. flavor. So you don't have to cook in the house anymore. All you, all you need is our book, right? <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. That was Phyllis Hins and Lamont McKay, authors of On the Road with the Cooking Ladies. Let's get grilling. I'm Libby Zneimer, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. A happy birthday to Zoomer musician Mick Fleetwood after the break.
0: You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by Carp, a new vision of aging. Support Carp with your membership today. Visit carp.ca.
2: Welcome back to the Zoomer Weekend Review, All Things Zoomer Worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your International Art Datebook. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the
1: world. Here's Jane Brown. In Dublin, the National Gallery of Ireland is reopened after a six-year, $29 million makeover with Vermeer and the Masters of Genre. Award-winning Irish author Colm Toybin, who recently visited the Zoomerplex, is particularly taken with Vermeer's woman writing a letter with her maid.
0: It's a woman who is not obviously a person of power, but nonetheless, in this moment, she's allowed to have her moment of power.
1: The gallery houses over 16,000 works of art. In Poland, the Museum of Warsaw has also reopened after a four-year renovation. The new main exhibit tells the history of Warsaw, which was 90 percent destroyed during World War II. One of the highlights of this year's Edinburgh International Film Festival is a screening of Raiders of the Lost Ark, accompanied by a live orchestral performance. The event is the first outing of a new three-year partnership between the festival and the Royal Scottish National Orchestra. The festival runs through July 2nd. And a new Downton Abbey exhibition has opened in Singapore, featuring costumes, locations, and never-before-seen footage from the TV show, which airs on our sister, Station Vision TV. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Date Book. This week,
2: Mick Fleetwood, the drummer and one half of the namesake for the band Fleetwood Mac, celebrated his 70th birthday. He formed the group in 1967 along with bassist John McVie and guitarist Peter Green. Since then, Fleetwood Mac has gone through turmoil and a number of changes as various band members have come and gone. The most famous Fleetwood Mac lineup came around 1975 when Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham joined the existing group of Mick Fleetwood, John McVie, and Christine McVie. Together, they recorded their eponymous album, Fleetwood Mac, and then quickly followed it up with the seminal album, Rumors. Rumors is Fleetwood Mac's most successful release. Along with winning the Grammy Award for Album of the Year in 1978, the record has sold over 40 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling albums of all time. From Rumors, here is Don't Stop. That was Fleetwood Mac with Don't Stop. Drummer Mick Fleetwood celebrated his 70th birthday on June 24th. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Zneimer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide.
0: You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Zneimer. Produced by Dave Woodard, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowey. This
1: has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network. Home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.